scripture that comes from the book of Ezekiel, uh, chapter 24, or chapter 36, verse 24. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle you clean with water, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be uh, careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. Morning, church. God is good. And all the time? Amen. So good to be here this morning. If you're visiting with us, you are indeed our honored guest, and we're so thankful that you're here. As Matt was saying earlier, we are, uh, we are headed in a direction. In 2019, we are uh, rebuilding momentum, and so that 2020, we can see clearly the sort of church we want to be in Amherst uh, and, and throughout the area. So very excited about the direction we are taking, and I, uh, I hope you are too. Uh, our Kingdom Concept Committee team is uh, moving into phase two, which is discerning the spiritual strengths of our leaders. And so all of our elders, uh, to my knowledge, have been uh, uh, put through the scrutiny of like eight questions, and uh, just to kind of discern and listen to their passions, to their desires, to their hearts, because what we are passionate about oftentimes has been placed there by a good God who wants us to do something. And uh, so we want, to, we want to bring that into the discussion of understanding our kingdom concept in, in our community. And it also is a part of discerning our part of the story. It's also a part of understanding how we fit in um, to the story that God is telling. Last week, we took a look at our spiritual giftedness, or at least the week before last, we looked at spiritual giftedness. That following Wednesday, we kind of went through and looked at the spiritual giftedness in our lives and, and went through what's known as a Cairo circle, sort of a, a process of, of discernment. Um, and this week, we're going to talk about um, our heart. And to do so, I want to begin with what I have uh, affectionately called the Merlin illustration. Not uh, Merlin, uh, the wizard from, uh, from the author mythos, but our own local Merlin, the engineer. Uh, and you'll see very soonly why, uh, uh, why I've called this the Merlin illustration. Um, let, me, let me move this to the next uh, slide here. Uh, anybody recognize that? Well, at the time that this article was written, uh, this was considered one of the most complex machines on the earth. It has more than 2.5 million parts. Just so you know, uh, I think it's the particle collider now. Uh, that is uh, more complex than this. But, but think about this. 2.5 million parts. 230 miles of wire. More than uh, uh, 1,060 plumbing valves. Over 1,440 circuit breakers. More than 27,000 insulating tiles. It goes from zero to 17,400 miles per hour. I don't know how, they, how fast it goes to that. that, to, that it's probably got a pretty quick uh, 0 to 60 rate, right? Um, it weighs more than 4.5 million pounds. It consumes 3.5 million gallons of fuel. Uh, it drains a swimming pool full of fuel every 25 seconds, right? It's kind of like those old Fords. Yep, yeah, I know. Um, solid rockets. The solid rocket produces 44 million horsepower. 
44 million horsepower. Uh, it, it exceeds or deals with eternal temperatures upwards of 6,000 degrees Fahrenheit, which is also uh, higher than the boiling point of iron. Um, and then it also experiences changes in temperature from a negative 250 degrees Fahrenheit uh, upwards of uh, 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, that is one complex, amazing ship. How many of you guys think it happened by accident? One day, oh yeah, one day all the particles just kind of rolled together into this amazing intentional machine, right? Complex. Who knows how many man hours, I would say probably in the millions, I don't know, of man hours into something like this. The intentionality, all the programs, all the, all the bosses, all the engineers, all of the uh, politics goes into creating something. But did you know that would just be a hunk of junk without this? Anybody know what that is? That is the formula for combustion, right? This is what makes the rocket go boom. Without that formula, all the intention, all the planning, all the work, all the heavy duty lifting, all of the things that had to come together to make this most complex thing on the planet would be nothing without the boom. Nothing without this idea of combustion. I would say the same thing really about our own lives, about purposes here as church at Amherst. Uh, without all the planning we could do, with all the strategy we can take, with all the interviews we do and questions we answer and demographics we look at and, and everything else we do along the way, individually, all the process of evaluating and, and understanding ourselves better without looking at the heart without looking at our internal combustion, it's kind of useless. You see, like this most complex machine, our lives have a, a formula. Our lives have something at the in, center of it that gives our lives the boom, gives our lives the motivation and direction to go. And so this morning, we're going to take a look at our combustion. We're going to take a look at what gets us off the ground and motivates us and moves us and uses everything that God has has put into our lives for His purposes, our, our heart. You know, there's a lot to say about the heart. Um, and, and I, I want to I start with the article that we had in our bulletin, because I think it does a pretty good job of at least getting the big picture out there. It says, heart used in Scripture as the, is the most comprehensive term for the authentic person. It is the part of our being where we desire, deliberate, uh, desire, deliberate, and decide. It has been described as the place of conscious and decisive spiritual activity. The comprehensive term for a person as a whole is feelings, desire, or her feelings and desires, passions, thoughts, understanding, and will. And the center of a person, the place to which God turns. And I would say also the place to which turns us. This is who we are. In fact, if you go through the Bible and look at the way it describes the heart, here are some concepts that it unfolds for us. Um, it speaks to the heart as being the center of a person. Uh, this is true biologically, for the most part. Some of us are a little uh, oblonged than others, but our heart is generally at the center of who we are. It's, uh, it's the seat of the emotions. Now, fascinating point, in the first century, it wasn't the heart that they looked to. Anybody know what they looked to for the seat of emotions? 
the gut, right? Uh, but uh, apparently somewhere along the line that seemed too gross, and so we moved it up uh, a few feet to the, a few feet, a few inches, I don't know, uh, to the heart. The heart's a little bit more, more romantic, I suppose, but it's the seat of emotions, how we feel, um, where we feel. Um, the heart is referred to also as the headquarters. Um, this is the central processing unit. Um, the, the way we make decisions, it, it, it's the, the place that Scripture speaks of a man deciding to do something or deciding not to do something. It's the place uh, in Scripture where out of, uh, out of the heart things come. Uh, then, of course, uh, Scripture said it is also where our identity is found. Uh, Proverbs chapter 27 verse, 13, verse 19 says, As in water, face reflects face. So the heart of man reflects the man. Or if you like the old King James Version, um, uh, for as a man what? Thinketh. <laughs> so is he. Right? It's who we are. Right? This is some valuable information about the heart. It is the center of our feelings. It is the headquarter of our, 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 our decision making, the processing unit. Uh, it is our identity. It's, it's kind of who we are. But there's also bad news in Scripture about the heart. See, the Bible also says that we are foolish if we follow it. Proverbs 28, verse 26 says, He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but whoever walks wisely will be delivered. Not only is it foolish, it's also, unfortunately, unpredictable and unreliable. Um, you know, there's not a, uh, I don't have a particular verse for this one, but, I mean, just think about life. How many people do we know give up uh, family, career, uh, opportunity to go start a band, <laughs> right? Our, sometimes our, our hearts lead us in directions uh, that are totally unpredictable. You ever felt some way about something one moment and then the next feel entirely different about it? Have you ever woke up with a feeling that you don't know how it got there? Have you ever been in trouble, men, for something you did in your wife's dream, right? Our feelings sometimes, right, sometimes they're unpredictable. They're here one minute and and gone the next. I think uh, Tim Hawkins talks about that, how his wife was being chased by a murderous rabbit. And uh, what's that? A murderous bear. Oh, yeah. And he, instead of helping her in his dream, uh, was playing poker with a rabbit. And uh, so when she woke up, she was like uh, still upset. I, I remember this happened to me one time. I remember thinking and dreaming about my dad. Uh, we just got a puppy, and my dad used to smack it with a newspaper uh, when it was getting in trouble, and I used to just like break my heart. And so I had this dream one time of my dad putting our puppy into the oven. You know, I woke up, I was mad and angry, wouldn't look for the dog, and sure enough, he was still there. Our feelings are unpredictable, amen? Who knows what's going to come up with next? And it's more than unpredictable, it's also sick, corrupt. Jeremiah says, 17 verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Matthew 15, 19, Jesus says, For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. Right? I used to think it was Washington. I guess it's heart out of which all these things Come. <laughs> the good news is, or the bad news is, the heart's sick. The Bible talks about our hearts. Our hearts are important. 
Our hearts are, are that which is at the center of us. It's our, the center of our emotions, the center of our, our thinking. It's, it's our identity. The bad news is that's all messed up, sick. And the good news is what we read just a moment ago. The good news is Ezekiel would say, I will give you a new heart, God says, and a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Now, obviously, uh, Ezekiel is talking about na the nation of Israel collectively as a whole. But what he does collectively as a whole, he also does individually in his people, his spiritual Israel, if you will. As Romans 8 would say, he sends the spirit of God into our hearts. This is why Paul would, would not caution us as we often hear, don't, don't. Don't even bring the heart or the emotion or that part into the dialogue, right? I hear this from time to time from people. You, your, your Christian walk is, is about duty. It's about will. It's about following Scripture and obedience. You don't worry about the feelings. Well, you know, the Bible really doesn't say that. The Bible says you need to lead your heart, not leave it out of the, of the equation. This is why Paul would say in Colossians 3, 23 and 24, you better be using it. Whatever you do, work at it with all your what? All your heart. As working for the Lord. Not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. I, I wanted to, to, to begin this morning with that because I think it's so important. Because when we begin to unpack our shape, the shape of our story, we look at our spiritual gifts and then we turn to the subject of heart. And I know all of us have been around Christianity and, and, and the Word of God long enough to know the Bible says some pretty stark things about the heart. So how could we look at this, this place in our lives that seems to be so volatile? Well, we can because of the gospel. We do because of God giving us a new heart and the Spirit of God being within, being within us, uh, uh, changing us, moving us, molding us. We look to our hearts because we are called to serve God completely. Even Israel's call. And He's done it from the beginning. To love the Lord that God with all their heart and soul and mind. Our hearts are, are a part of our story. And I would suggest to you a very important part of the story. This is how it fits in to how our story shapes up. Thomas Patterson says, heart is where you enter, where your desire, uh, where your desire to serve, the altar upon which you wish to place your talents. Giftedness, now note this, is what you are, but heart is where you will most likely apply what you are. Heart refers to empathy and attraction or draw towards a group of people, a field of expertise or a particular type of service. Evaluating your heart then helps you determine where you might be where you might best use gifts, where you wish to serve, and with whom you wish to serve. You know, at this point in, in my lesson preparation, I was thinking about going back to my friend Charlene, because I think she does a good job of explaining how heart gives flight, right? How provides motivation uh, for her spiritual giftedness. But I feel like we could go a little bit closer to home. I don't know if you guys can tell who that is. That's Bill Hurley and Peggy over at the We Care, We Share. That picture was in the newspaper um, in the rain newspaper talking about what, what We Care, We Share is up 
to. And I didn't ask their permission because I'm sure they would have said, Matt, don't talk about me. Uh, because that's, that's how they are. They want to give the glory to God. But uh, I want to use an example that all of us are familiar with. I want to remind you what this looks like when our, when our heart gives motivation to our spiritual giftedness. And I think obviously without, it doesn't need to be even said, but William Hurley, Bill's dad, Peggy's uh, husband, uh, also shared this, these sort of dynamics. I want to I share with you how this kind of looks, at least from my outside vision looking in. There are five questions that we need to ask. Five questions I think that the We Care, We Share ministry does a good job of illustrating um, in terms of discovering our heart. And the first one is this. What drives you as a person? What drives you as a person? You remember with Charlene, my friend, it was all about grace. When she discovered grace and the love of God, she felt like, I have to do something about this. Uh, talking to Bill, um, I, I hear the love of God in his life all the time. And also the desire to bring glory to God. One of the first things he tells you is that this is not my ministry. This belongs to God. This is what God is doing, and I'm fortunate enough to be facilitating it. And so what drives Bill, from my perspective, is a great deal of love and a great deal of, of, of desire to give God glory. Uh, so what is it that drives you? What's that internal combustion? What, what, what makes you go through 25 pools of, of fuel just to get off? I mean, what really just moves you? Here's another question to ask. What do you care about? In the case of, of, uh, of Bill and, and We Care, it's the disenfranchised. Those who have nothing or have very little or who, those who are under-resourced. There's a, there's a great deal, deal of, of care for them. Um, I'm just always amazed in there. Sometimes if you're at We Care long enough, you get to, get to know the same story over and over again. I've been in ministry for 20 years. I've heard a lot of stories a lot of stories for people asking for things. And uh, interesting, early in my ministry, the more detailed those stories were, the more believable I thought they were, you know, and found myself uh, taken advantage of many, many, many times. And so you do that for a while, and you begin to try to do this mental vetting process. You drive by that guy at the end of the parking lot or the end of the, end of the uh, freeway entrance long enough, you begin to do this mental uh, vetting process. And I just always remarkable how willing both Peggy and Bill are when, when someone shows up with a story to help. It, it, it's because they honestly love those people. You guys remember uh, Jerry Maguire, right? Bill loves poor people. <laughs> I love that. Let's move on. What do you drive you? What, what do you care about? Number three, what needs will you meet? The We Care, We Share, um, they, there's really a, a whole vast uh, list of needs if we were to deal, drill down into it. But uh, these, are, these four are the big ones that, that, the, that the material actually looks at. Physical needs and emotional needs, relational needs, vocational needs. Um, I, I know at We Care, We Share, there's physical needs met, right? We, there's people that literally get food. There's emotional needs met. There are people there to pray, or Roger's been there and has been there for a long time helping people with those emotional needs. Uh, there's relational needs being met. Um, there are lots of friends 
One of the things that I've noticed at this is um, because it's been in the, in the community so long, people come in, they know, they know everyone. Um, and you want to know who knows everyone? Clarissa. It's amazing. She knows like every person that comes into the We Care We Share. And if she doesn't know them from there, she knows them from the pharmacy. And if she doesn't know them from the pharmacy, she's cared for one of their elderly parents or something. Right? It's, it's, the, it, we Care We Share isn't this cold sort of uh, governmental process that takes place. Friendships are created there. Relational needs are made. And, and now, going forward, vocational needs are, are trying to be met. Um, so what, what needs we mean? This is very, before we move on, that's very important. If you are a very practical person, if you like processes and management, um, physical needs are, are right in your, your sweet spot, right? Uh, what, I've, what I've learned is there are people who are really, really good at caring for processes, and then there's typically really, really good people who care for people. And sometimes those don't mix, Amen. Some people who are really good at processes and other people who are really good at people. <laughs> and sometimes, um, sometimes it's important to know that. So if you're really good at processes, think about people's physical needs. Um, maybe you can organize something. Maybe you can help manage something. If you, um, for instance, uh, had the spiritual gift of shepherding and mercy and compassion sort of things as, as the chief sort of spiritual gift, uh, emotional, relational concepts are, are very good for you. You can move in to really help people emotionally and relationally because you're bent that way. Now, and then, of course, there's also vocational needs. People who are, are experts in the field or teachers or, or uh, professionals or engineers um, have this ability to help uh, not just give a person uh, a fish, but teach them how to fish, Right? You see how the spiritual gifts, once you begin to identify the group of people and the sort of needs that you, you want, you begin to see which sort of avenue, which sort of specific, um, pathway uh, you, you may do best in. And of course, at the end, we also talk about what cause you will champion. And I would say We Care, We Share, Bill and, and Peggy and the rest of them, uh, really the cause is deindustrialization. The reason there are so many poor people in Lorraine is because there's no jobs there anymore. It all went somewhere else. And so to, to, to pick a cause is to, is to step back and say, I want to get my arms around something that is more than just the needs of the moment. Something that is larger. Something that is, that is uh, uh, a Kairos moment. Something that's a watershed event. Something that's bigger than just the needs of the moment. And, and We Care We Share is really leaning in to the problem of deindustrialization. It's doing it by, obviously, uh, physical needs, feeding the poor. It's doing it by uh, addressing emotional, relational needs, by, by making friends. And it's also doing it, and beginning to do it even more, uh, by working on uh, workforce development. Um, one, of the, one of the realities is there are, there are jobs out there, but they're different than they used to be. No longer are you uh, uh, in a factory. Now there's a lot of service industry work and a lot more uh, work with, uh, um, with mental, prior, mental properties and, and priorities. Are, uh, so there's a, there's a transition that has to be made, and, and they're in the process of, of, of looking at what that looks like. But do you, do you see what I'm, I'm talking about here? Our spiritual gifts are what you are. Our heart begins to inform where you offer those gifts to God. 
Um, I don't know where uh, Bill's and Peggy's spiritual giftedness lie uh, in terms of, of the survey they might have taken or not. But the, their compassion, their, their desire, their, their mercy, and, and their shepherding is very evident. And it just fits so well in the context of deindustrialization. So I, I, this week, what I want you to do is I want you to, to spend some time intentionally asking yourself about your heart. Uh, when we sing a song, uh, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Do you guys remember that song? I, I want you to change the lyrics a bit. Open the, my eyes to my heart, Lord. I, I want you to, to, to really try to get into contact with, with your combustion, your heart. What drives you as a person? Uh, in those sheets that I passed out last week, there's a great section called Monitoring My Heartbeat. And it, it takes you through a list of questions that, that really just promotes some thinking about your desires. Um, those are great questions uh, to look over, to, to really get those passions out and alive and, and, uh, and to really begin to think about those things. Um, this Wednesday, like we did with the other, we're going to sit together and we're going to talk about those passions. We're going to have people sort of ask you, what, what are the people you want to work with? What are, the, what, are, what are the sort of needs that you see yourself working for? What causes are important to you? Um, so I encourage you, like last week, to come out and we'll go through that process and, and begin to see what our hearts are saying. As we end this morning, those are the questions I want us to ask. In fact, I literally want us to ask those questions. Let's all be standing together. And um, this, this next song is designed to take us through an intentional moment of, of thinking about our heart, asking God about our heart. So I want you to repeat these questions after me. Because yeah, I want you to be asking these questions through this next song. What drives me? Nope. Don't. Don't. Okay. Uh, what drives me? Number two. What do you care about? Or what do I care about? What do I care about? What needs will I meet? What needs will I meet? What causes will I champion? Now next allow this next song. Sing with it if you know it. Allow this next song to be. Asking God to open the eyes of our hearts to our hearts. We don't have to come to God like a little bit more. Somebody else. A little bit more. A little bit more. It sounds louder up there than it's here. Right now. Show me my heart. Show me where I am. God, show me truth about myself. So I know how to follow you. Sing this prayer with us. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Speak what is true. Sing that again. Here's my heart. Here's my heart, Lord. my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. 
Speak what is true. 
For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Have a blessed week. One other thing, the Norwex party for today is canceled because Dolores is having seizures again. So that, that won't happen today. It will be rescheduled. Not a bad end. No, that was awesome. <laughs> Love how the spirit moves things like that together. <laughs> I'm thinking, this is really going to fit well with what he just talked about. Yeah. Um, the Lord from Bible class. Oh, yes. That is... The room back there is uh, the podium. Can you just keep on having the room? Just so you know, I don't know if you know, but they did take the Laura Supreme class. Yeah, they, I didn't know that. Yeah, they, yeah. Did, they did. Okay, take that's good. Good to know. Hey, Gary, can you let that run? Can you turn it up?